ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. Inflation might be starting to come down, but when will we see a noticeable difference in how much we're paying for everything? And when will our wages actually catch up with the cost of living? Today, the ABC's senior digital business reporter, Michael Yanda, on why we haven't had a real pay rise for 14 years. Michael, inflation's been falling steadily since December, so things are improving at last. Yeah, look, things are getting better, Sam. Annual inflation dropped to 6%. Uh, That's down from peaks of just under 8% at -hmm. the end of last year, and it's tracking downwards. In fact, if you look at last quarter's 0.8% figure for the three months, that puts us on track for a 3.2% annual inflation rate over the next year, if that continued. But I guess the downside is even if inflation rates do come down, all that means is the prices are not rising as fast as they were before, but Mm. they're still going up. Right. So even though inflation is on the way down, it doesn't mean prices aren't still rising. How long is that going to last? Yeah, well, look, Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe uh, predicted that inflation would still be above its 2 to 3% target for the whole of next year and into 2025, possibly until late 2025. Inflation here and elsewhere around the world turned out to be more persistent than we or anyone expected. And we've, we've had to respond to that. We, there is a credible path back to inflation being within the target range within kind of a couple of years. And again, as we said, as inflation falls, that doesn't mean prices fall unless we had deflation, which the Reserve Bank definitely doesn't want. Mm -hmm. They would be slashing interest rates if we were heading for deflation. So we're basically stuck at this new higher price level and it's likely to be next year at the earliest before interest rates potentially come down again as well. Mm-hmm. And when interest rates fall, that's more likely to be around 3 to 3.5% for the cash rate unless we go into a really bad recession. In other words, the era of ultra-low interest rates is probably over. Right, OK, but that makes it really hard for us to make ends meet because prices are higher, potentially interest rates are going to stay up high as well. It's really hard to keep up. Yeah, and particularly with wages, as most of you listening would know, how wages haven't been rising as fast as the cost of groceries, fuel or other cost of living, rents, electricity, inflation is much higher than wage growth. Everyone is hurting from high inflation. In fact, most people's real income in the country went down last year. So that means their ability to buy goods and services went down. The price level went up by more than people's incomes. And that hurts everybody. Wage growth has picked up, uh, driven by the fall in unemployment and also minimum and award wage increases, and it reached 3.7% over the year to March, which Mm -hmm. is the highest it's been for around a decade. 
but that wage figure is still way below the inflation figure of 6% and that means our pay isn't keeping up with the cost of living. Mm -hmm. We're taking what economists call a real pay cut and that means we're worse off. In fact, wages weren't growing in much at all in the six or seven years before the pandemic relative to the cost of living and the pandemic inflation has sent us all backwards. Our real wages, so what we can buy with the money we earn, is now 5.4% below where it was before the pandemic. That's back at 2009 levels. So Australians haven't had a real pay rise in 14 years. Our living standards just haven't changed in that time. And the longer inflation and interest rates stay higher, the longer that problem will continue. Wow, that's pretty stark. So just so I've got this right, wage increases are well behind the rate of inflation and that's leaving most of us going backwards. But the Reserve Bank of Australia argues that it has to be this way, right? Yeah, while it would be nice if we could have 6% pay rises to keep up with that latest inflation figure, most economists, including at the Reserve Bank, argue if wages rise too fast, it only stokes inflation. One reason is that if wages are going up, people have more money to spend uh, and that fuels demand. The other is that wages are a big cost for business and so if wages go up a lot, businesses will try and pass those costs on through higher prices. Mm -hmm. And if consumers have the money to spend and they can pay those higher prices, then we get into what's called the wage price spiral. Mm -hmm. And according to that theory, workers really need to suffer a little bit now. And the Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe, who's just about to finish up, has basically said this, we're going to take below inflation pay increases for a while Mm -hmm. uh, until they can get inflation down and then hopefully we'll have a period of above inflation pay rises for many years after that to allow workers to catch up. Going forward, uh, expecting inflation to come back down and um, income growth to exceed the rate of inflation again either late this year or sometime next year. So people's real incomes will be rising again and that will help everybody. But there is some evidence that that model is not working well, particularly for workers. Right, okay. So the RBA seems to be saying we just need to suffer through it and things will get better eventually. But, Michael, what evidence do we have that the model that they're using might be broken, that we might be on the wrong track there? Yeah, well, the key one is so far there's been no evidence at all of wage price spirals in Australia. Mm -hmm. There's been some talk of it in the US and UK and some other countries, but no real evidence here. The March quarter wage figures were actually slower, smaller gains than the December quarter. And while wage rises are less than 4% per annum, they are consistent with the Reserve Bank's inflation target as long as productivity growth is around average levels. And the Reserve Bank said this itself. Mm -hmm. And the reality is workers haven't captured most of those gains from previous productivity increases. The share of national income of GDP going to profits has jumped since the start of the 1980s. Mm-hmm. It's been in the last few years around the highest level on records that go back to the end of the 1950s. Workers were getting less than half of what Australia produced in the form of wages. Mm-hmm. 
and back in the 1970s and early 80s that peaked above 60%. So that's a big change in what workers are getting relative to profits. Now, business groups and the RBA say the share going to profits hasn't increased much in the past couple of decades except for the mining and financial sectors. Mm. But that's a pretty big except. Uh, I'm not sure many Australian workers care if it's only a small group of big businesses gobbling up more of the economic pie. Uh, They just want their fair slice. So what you're saying, Michael, there is that businesses are basically taking a much bigger bit of the pie. That's right, Sam. So the way you can measure this is through national income, which is the GDP or gross domestic product figures we hear about every few months from the Bureau of Statistics, and they measure how much Australia is producing and what it's worth. And the share of that going to workers is less than half. And at the peak in the 1970s and early 1980s, workers were often seeing more than 60% of national income going to them. So that's fallen. It sounds like there is room to improve wages from what you're saying. Yeah, and look, it's one of the reasons that it's been so hard is that the industrial relations system is very different from what it was in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. It's now incredibly hard for workers to take industrial action, strike action. Mm-hmm. Back in the late 80s and early 90s, Australia used to regularly lose between four and 500,000 working days to strike action every quarter every three months, Mm -hmm. and it was probably even higher than that in the 70s. Now, we've only lost more than 100,000 working days to industrial action once in the past decade, and that is during the period of the Labor government's, previous Labor government's Fair Work Act. So even the Fair Work Act is very restrictive Mm. on workers taking strike action. So, Michael, inflation is going to hang around for a while and we know wages aren't keeping up. Can that change or that's just now set in stone? We just have to accept that's how it's going to be. Yeah, well, as I said, the RBA argues that we need to suffer a little bit now so Mm -hmm. that when inflation falls, wage growth can overtake it and then eventually we'll catch back up and get ahead. But it could take a long time. The Centre for Future Works, Greg Jericho, estimates that this could take at least seven years, and Mm. that's if wages grew at the faster pace that they were at the beginning of this century during the mining boom. If wages grew at the same slow pace that we were seeing prior to the pandemic, then that could take double the period of time. That could take 14 years, Mm, so until 2037 (laughs) for wages to get back in real terms uh, to where they were. And and we're talking to get back to, you know, pre-pandemic levels. Gosh, that's a long, that's a long time. That uh, sounds way too long. Just assure me now, Michael, that even if it does take that long, we're not going to go backwards forever. They say we'll catch up, but do they really mean it? Well, look, inflation is coming down. Mm. And so there's a pretty good chance that the wages inflation equation will flip either at the end of this year or early next year. So wages growth will start being faster again than inflation and we won't be taking real pay cuts anymore. 
It's unlikely to be a simple fix or, as they say, a silver bullet, um, much cliched term that it is, but, uh, you know, there are things that can be done to level up the playing field. It's just the, the potentially politically difficult and obviously the people who are getting the benefit at the top are very unlikely to give that up willingly. Michael Yanda is the ABC's senior digital business reporter. This episode was produced by Nell Whitehead, Veronica App App and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Pauley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. <laughs>